we work within the realm of what is possible, but you also need to be pushing at the boundaries of that if you want anything to change. Hello, Alex. Hello, Ivan. This is episode two of our podcast about truth and spectacle. We decided to do this because we know a lot of people in very different industries and disciplines who use truth to create wonderful and meaningful things in the world. We found there is no single answer and there's so much to discover. This is our effort to share what we learn. In today's episode, we hear about truth and spectacle from the perspective of an NGO called Girl Effect. Girl Effect is dedicated to ending the cycle of poverty of girls. Ivan spoke to Jonathan Mackay, who's their senior director of CREATE. We still have a lot to learn about podcasting, and so we apologize for the sound quality. In this case, truth definitely beats spectacle. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Ivan. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, as a warm-up, can you name a few of the countries or cities you've been to in the last 12 months? In the last 12 months, I've been to Delhi, Mumbai, Kigali, Addis Ababa, Johannesburg, London, Geneva, New York. I don't know if Palo Alto is a city. Palo Alto, maybe? Let's say Palo Alto. Yeah. San Francisco. Wait, am I just doing cities? Cities are countries. Yeah. I, cities seem more relevant to me than countries. Okay. If you're traveling somewhere and it takes you six hours to get there, you may as well be in a different country sometimes. I can't promise that that is a complete list at all, but it's a list. And there are probably a few have missed out. Uh, you do a lot of work in far-flung parts of the world. So can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do and who you do it with? Girl Effect is a nonprofit that is founded on the belief that the best way to address intergenerational poverty, the fact that if you're born poor, you're likely to stay poor and that your children are likely to be poor, that's a problem. Our belief is that the best way to address that problem is by investing in the lives of adolescent girls, by changing the life of a girl. Because we know, and there's quite a lot of research to back this up, there's persuasive evidence, that if you can keep a girl in school for longer, if you can keep her from having a baby for just one more year, then her daughter is much more likely to stay in school longer, to have a baby when she's ready, and that has an impact not just on her health and her education and her earning potential, but on the health and well-being of her family and her community. I'm afraid to say that men don't always make very responsible decisions when it comes to their families, certainly not in the way that women do. We aim to use media to shift perceptions around girls and their value to a family and a community and the value that girls feel they have themselves. So what is Girl Effect doing with media to reach these girls in ways that other NGOs aren't able to? For many, many years now, there's been a large amount of investment on the part of governments, large international NGOs like UNICEF, institutional donors and agencies like the Bull and the Gates Foundation. They've been investing in the provision of life-saving services not just to girls, but to marginalized and vulnerable communities all over the world. Building schools, building clinics, getting vaccines into those clinics. That's not enough, unfortunately, to change a girl's life. What good is a school existing if a girl's parents don't believe 
that she has a right to go to school or even that there's any value in her going to school? How do we get girls and their families to demand schools, clinics, other health services, educational opportunities, opportunities to earn? And that's where media comes into play. If you think about soap operas and the way that they have been used, perhaps sometimes unwittingly, to shift perceptions around things like uh, homosexuality. Think about the uproar in, that's caused when EastEnders screens a gay kiss. Think about what that actually does to perceptions of homosexuality. So media for a long, long time has been shaping our attitudes and shifting our knowledge. What if we can use the power of media to shift the knowledge and attitudes and ultimately the behaviors of families and more importantly, their daughters? You've moved beyond media though and into the world of brands, something that ad agencies and big companies have used for many years in order to create long-term relationships with their audiences. You use them in a way that is a little bit unusual for an NGO. Girl Effect is in the business of building brands. And this sets us apart from a number of other NGOs who try and use media or behavior change communication, as it might be called in the development sector, because we recognize that a communication campaign without a brand has a limited chance of engaging with an audience. If you can have a brand with a unified creative approach mm. that extends across multiple issues over multiple years, then you start to create a relationship with your audience and that makes them much more willing to hear what you have to say. Oh, that's really interesting. So could you give me an example of how it actually comes to life on the ground? What are girls doing? How are they engaging with these brands? And what kind of touch points can they use in places that typically don't have very good internet connection? So in Rwanda, we created a brand called Ninyaminga. Ninyaminga is an old Kenya Rwandan phrase, meaning a girl who is beautiful both inside and outside and who makes wise decisions. And that brand has been created with girls. So that's another important uh, differentiator for Girl Effect. We place a lot of emphasis on working with girls using human-centered design approaches to capture insights, to work with them, to create ideas and prototypes that we then test. And Inyaminga uses a magazine, the most widely distributed magazine in the country. It's produced by an incredible and inspiring group of young female journalists that we've recruited and trained. There's a radio show that the same journalists put together where they are on the streets of Kigali, traveling across the hills of Rwanda, collecting inspiring stories from other girls. There is a radio drama because we've discovered along the way that for difficult subjects like domestic abuse or gender-based violence, often it's easier to communicate using a drama than it might be with a first-person narrative of the kind that some of our young female journalists might create. And there are a number of new, nascent, but growing digital touch points that we're creating for girls, including NIVR line, that's interactive voice recognition. It's a line that allows girls to access more content from the radio show and to participate in the radio show by submitting their own questions, by answering quizzes, by getting... Uh, deeper pieces of content uh, relating to their favorite characters. The, the radio drama we've created features a band 
They're producing music. The music is also aired on radio stations throughout Rwanda, and they'll often go on road shows as well, taking the Ninyaminga brand um, to the country. And that's just one of the projects that Girlfic is involved in, correct? We also have brands in Ethiopia and Malawi that have achieved a similar scale. We're just about to launch a new brand in India. It'll be our first foray in Asia. But we have a number of projects in Nigeria, in Indonesia, in Bangladesh, in Tanzania, and other countries around the world where our approach is a little more like touch. As you create these campaigns and put them out into the world, how do you balance the truth with the spectacle? So your truth is the research you've done, the science, and the voice of experts, I suppose. But there's also the cultural pushback of the things that we inherently believe because they sound true. One of the kind of ethical demands of what we do is that we need to be truthful in what we say. We can't create stories about girls who magically find work in a garment factory if there are no jobs for girls in garment factories where this story is being consumed or broadcast. We need to create stories that are realistic, that offer girls a real, achievable future. Otherwise, we're causing more harm than good. So we try and find the overlap between what parents want for their daughters and and of what, the, what their daughters might be able to achieve if they were given more autonomy, more agency, more opportunity. And there are overlaps. We just need to find those overlaps and we need to amplify them to you know, take a mic or a megaphone to those opportunities so that they, they become real to, to girls and their families. You can't operate like a normal brand because... No, of course not. When I worked at Unilever... There was not that many ethical concerns about the truth because the impact on someone's life was, "Mm, I didn't like this ice cream, I did like this ice cream, rather than I got to go to school, I didn't get to go to school, or you set me up for failure and I blame you for it. And I suppose that's because from our perspective, you know, getting a girl into school isn't enough. If we create a piece of content, uh, a piece of branded content that persuades parents that the daughters needed to go to school and were successful and the daughters go to school, but the school that they go to exposes them to incredible harm, they become the victims of abuse and sexual harassment, and they suffer other kinds of harm in the school, and there are no opportunities for them to use the education that they receive. We haven't improved their lives at all. That's one of the reasons we do such extensive formative research to understand the opportunities that are available to girls. Um, That's why we do research to understand what their lives are like, because we have to work within the realm of what is possible. Although I will say there's a tension here. We work within the realm of what is possible, but you also need to be pushing at the boundaries of that if you want anything to change. Otherwise, you just 
supporting the status quo, and and that's not going to change things long term. Is there any yeah. useful advice that you've been given and actually used in the last few months? So recently at Girl Effect, I have assumed a lot of new responsibilities, and I was reading a book called Radical Candor, a piece of advice from Radical Candor that has been really useful to me is to listen to people, to give them space in meetings, particularly in meetings just between me and someone I work with, to give them space, to give them an opportunity to talk. I read a study recently that in the UK, you know, the, the longest period of silence before people get uncomfortable is something crazy like two or three seconds. Uh, whereas in other parts of Europe, especially Northern Europe, it can, it can be much longer. It can be 20 seconds uh, during which people can sit very comfortably with one another in silence. And so I've tried to create more uncomfortable silence in the meetings I have. Everyone's reading Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Ivan, you're behind. Come on. I was doing a lot of reading when I set up Truth and Spectacle. I was looking for the answers everywhere. And then about a year ago, I decided to stop reading and just start doing more stuff. (laughs) Final question. Which are you more of? More truth or more spectacle? More truth or more spectacle? Oh, how, did I, how did I not see this question coming? Uh, I'm more spectacle, I've been... <laughs> the earring is a giveaway. <laughs> I'm sitting here in a big oversized shirt and a chunky earring. So, That's yeah. it. That's all he's wearing. Yeah. Trouserless. Uh, so, uh, spectacle. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Conflicted. But spectacle. Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks, Ivan. I very much appreciate it. Oh, it's a great pleasure. This has been fun. This discussion made me think about a more serious view of Truth and Spectacle. The way Girl Effect are trying to use brands to build long-term relationships is an original use of the tools used by marketers, but it opens a lot of ethical concerns. They're trying to do something really hard while bringing hope to millions of girls. Alex and I hope you enjoyed the discussion, and if you have any questions or comments, you can find us at truthandspectacle.com or LinkedIn, just search for Alexandra Mecklenburg or Ivan Pulse, or on Instagram, look for Truth and Spectacle. Special thanks to Jonathan Mackay from Girl Effect for sharing his insights and ideas, and make sure you look at the work they're doing at girleffect.org. Extra thanks to Robin and Richard for their infinite patience. This was recorded at Chatham Road in London, and was a Truth and Spectacle production.